Welcome to the Smart Tech Check Podcast, hosted by Mark Vina, your home for candid, insightful, and provocative conversations about the smart home, home automation, security, smartphones, PC and console gaming, and much more. Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Vina, host of the Smart Tech Check Podcast. Today is Friday, September 29th, 2023. I uh, haven't talked to, in a bit of time. I think we've uh, hadn't chatted in about a, uh, about a month, but uh, I want to get into some juicy topics that I know my uh, compadres would like to get into. I've got here on the podcast John Quain, who writes for the New York Times, Smart Cities, and Tom's Guide. Stuart Walpin, who scribes for Popular Mechanics, AARP, Techlicious, Investopedia, and other fine publications. Uh, Rob Pegarero, unfortunately, is traveling. I think he's flying back from Europe, if I'm not mistaken, but I've got the dynamic duo here, and I want to welcome to the podcast. How are, how are you guys doing? I just Very want good. to know which one of us is Batman and which one of us is Robin. <laughs> well, I'm Robin, obviously. No. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say Batgirl, and I was going to call you <laughs> the, the Riddler. <laughs> but there's been a lot of stuff going on over the last um, a few weeks, and uh, we got to really kind of a, we want to tackle, I think, four interesting topics that are certainly in the news. So with that, let me bring up the um, our slides, huh? And uh, this is going to be a fun one to talk about. Um, you know, when, uh, Microsoft finally uh, released uh, in the latest build of Windows 11 uh, their Copilot capability, which has it's pretty much their song and dance and their statement of, hey, here's what we're going to do with AI from an integration Windows standpoint. Um, I downloaded it the other day. I'll, I'll just make some editorial comments is that, you know, I don't know if you've updated your Windows PC lately to the latest build of any major version of Windows. It literally took me probably two hours to do the upgrade because it wasn't just the the build. That was, you know, a lot, of course, a lot of people were downloading. And so I understand the slowness of the download. But by the time you download the latest drivers, because I hadn't done that in a while on my, uh, this Alienware um, laptop, it's a beautiful laptop. It's an 18 inch laptop that I use. The, the, the graphic drivers, because I just used it as an opportunity. It was a BIOS update. That's all, there's always a lot of fun. It, it took me like two and a half hours to do the entire upgrade. But, have, but that, that's, a, that's a legacy Windows issue when you're buying a PC. You just can't avoid that. But I, I think it's interesting the way um, Microsoft is really approaching Copile. There is a lot of fun and interesting things you can do with it. Um, they really seem to be focused on, you know, content creation, you know, uh, embedded in, their, in, in this Copilot tool where you can really create a lot of interesting images. The more descriptive you are, you know, the, the obviously the, the better thing, the, um, uh, the more interesting content you can produce. But uh, let me start with you, Stuart, in terms of before we get into actually what Copilot can do, what's your thought on Microsoft's approach? Because as you know, everybody's approaching AI. It's, it's, you know, we've been talking about it for the last several months. It's like a mad gold rush. Uh, to get there with something that people find interesting. But what's your take? Well, it took me also about two hours to upgrade, and that was this morning. So um, so I think it, it, I don't think it's just that there was the rush of it. I think it just takes a long time to get all, because it was like a double upgrade, essentially. You yeah. got to upgrade to Windows 11, and you also then have to upgrade the latest build. So I think um, the time that it takes is going to be consistent regardless of when you do it. O overall... Pros and cons. It looked like I haven't had a chance to really play with it. I'm primarily a Mac person, full disclosure. Um, but it looks like it's catching up to some things Mac 
already does. It there's some things that it does that I think like the picture editing looks really, really interesting that yeah. you can um that he can give you prompts for things that you might want to do to edit the photo, like um do a bouquet effect or even eliminate the backgrounds or things of that nature. So it looks like it has some interesting pieces. But two things struck me. One, the fact that AI has been getting such bad publicity of late, and yet all of these companies like the Amazon and Google are touting AI. And I'm not sure if that's from a marketing point of view, a great idea um, because AI just doesn't have a great Q rating at the moment. The second thing is I'm not sure I trust any of these companies because the way that <laughs> Copilot works is you have to give it access or it by default, gets access to everything that you have. And that's including everything on your hard drive and everything that's in the cloud through OneDrive or whatever uh, Microsoft service that you're using in order for it to learn your habits or learn about you so we can make the right intelligent suggestions for you. And whether or not I like the idea that this unknown um intelligence system is collecting all this data on me and where that data is going and and who's got access i it it just gives me a case of the willies um the third thing is that it doesn't look like you can put ai ai on or copilot on for individual applications it's either you've got it for everything or you don't have it for everything yeah yeah right which is interesting because uh, to your point, which is I think the point you're making is that there are some applications you might want to have it ex uh, uh, working, but yep. there's other applications you'd probably rather not, you know, keep my nose out of this application. Yeah, so I, I, I get that. Um, John, your your thoughts on have you played with it? Have you downloaded it? Um, I, I haven't on the, on this iteration, but I mean I know the technology very well, and and you know it's um, <laughs> it's problematic right from the start. I mean. With a lot of the search techniques too, I mean, what d disturbs me most is 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 trying to anticipate what my searches are. The reason I'm searching is because I don't know where to look. If I, you know, I, it's sort of anti-search help in a way. And every time <laughs> I use this technology in a way, it's trying to second guess. Well, you've always looked for this before, yeah. But the reason I'm looking for it now is because I'm not looking for it. You know, if I knew the answer already, I wouldn't have to search for it. I mean, it's it's a weird. Thing that's it's already happening with Google, you know, and their search engines already does that to a really large degree. And labeling it AI is probably the uh, pretty loose definition of AI. Let's put it that way. Um, Dali is kind of fun to use, and that's that's built into it. That's you know the the drawing and and image uh, creation tool. So that that is kind of fun, and that's part of it. But for the rest of it, search. I think it's a step backwards. You know, if you could anticipate that, well, you would build a better search engine. And it's just directing you and sort of narrowing your focus when when you're conducting a search. What you, I tend to want is a much wider focus and to really see what's out there. And a lot of what they're doing with these programs now is narrowing that down and limiting it. So it's kind of antithetical to conducting a search. Well, you, you know, it's interesting. I think their choice of a brand name, Copilot, tells you volumes about, you know, uh, they seem to be concerned that, you know, Copilot implies that, you know, you're in the cockpit as well. And, you know, you're not being, you know, kind of manipulated by this AI. You know, and I think you're right. Um, 
John, in terms of uh, it's probably a relatively loose definition of what AI really can do, but that's a separate um, discussion. But I don't really think they intended to, they intended to be a replacement for a search engine because search engines are still very valuable and they, you know, sometimes all you want to do is be able to search in a phrase or a term and get some you know, solid facts and your brain is the AI engine. Your brain is the chat GPT that will construct whatever content you come up with. But I really think that where they're heading with this is they really see Copilot as a tool, you know, that, that essentially is their answer to Dali in terms of creating, you know, really interesting images, the more descriptive you are, the more interesting things you can do. Honestly, and we've talked about this many times before, um, I am concerned about the deep fake stuff that will ultimately come out of this, not just with videos, that's bad enough, but potentially with images as well, you know? So it's going to be interesting to see the, the, to see how they deploy it. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll certainly get, we'll, they'll so probably a lot more. Mark, there's one other aspect that I want to mention is that I was, that took me by surprise. It's on Copilot is activated by default. Yes. And you have to drill into the system to turn it off instead of the other way around in assuming they're assuming we want it and of course they want it and it makes me even more suspicious about their motives by not allowing me to have the initial choice to turn it on or turn it off um to turn it on automatically and you don't immediately know that it's on right and well, so yeah. I find that a little disturbing. I would have liked to have them to put a, a little pop-up screen on the window going, Copilot is now available. Would you like us to turn it on? Just like right. all the other permissions that you get from all other websites and whether or not you know they're going to collect data or not. I found that just a little suspicious that they put it as a default on position. But, but so you can't be surprised by that. You I'm not surprised. Be- I'm surprised. Um, as a human being, I'm not surprised as a cynical corporate observer. <laughs> with that, with that, that lusty commitment to your feelings about uh, corporate America, let's go to the next topic here because I'm sure we'll be talking about Copilot in the future. Now, this is a biggie, you know, um, and I'm sure you're going to have spirited opinions about this. Um, Amazon is being cited for antitrust action. What a surprise! Um, I made a joke on um, Twitter or X that uh, I guess Jeff Bezos is not going to be on the Biden administration's Christmas card list anymore. And maybe Joe Biden's um, Amazon Prime account will get will get uh, secretly canceled. Who knows? But, you know, I, I will tell you, you know, I've read, you know, several articles on the left and right. And it, it seems that I know you you're guys are going to go after me for saying this, but it sounds like much of the, 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 you know, generally when you go after antitrust, uh, a company with antitrust, are they doing things to prevent competition? And it seems like, based on what I've read so far, is that in that particular area, it's a bit sketchy. I mean, it, it kind of, you know, this is like shades of the, the IBM antitrust suit in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, the Microsoft, Microsoft antitrust stuff that, uh, that you know, that... Uh, you know, Microsoft certainly did some things that I think were anti-competitive in many ways, but I don't know about this one. I mean, I think, you know, Amazon, you know, to, the, to go after a company purely because they're successful, which it kind of feels like, you guys might disagree. I just don't see where the harm to the consumer is coming. And, but anyway, that, that's my take. John, I'll start with you. You might have a completely different take. Well, I mean, you might argue that they are controlling, pri- one of the issues is they're controlling prices. And then the, the 
I could see people saying, yeah, they're controlling prices by driving them down. Down, right. But actually, no, because what they're doing is preventing someone else from driving the price down. So they, they you know, the, one of the charges is, look, if I have a product and I'm selling, um, uh, uh, my daughter sells things on, on Etsy, for example, things that she creates and, and uh, not to I won't, I won't plug her or anything, but those products, let's say she was be, beginning to be big enough and she was on Amazon. Well, they wouldn't allow her to sell it for a cent less anywhere else. And that and that's severely anti-competitive. That's almost, you know, one would say sort of un-American not to, to do something like that. And sort of that's definitely a, a bad thing to do. And then manipulating the buttons like I am like most people, I use that buy now button, right? I'm look, I do a search, I find some things and then I'm like, oh, there's buy now. I click on it. That's the cheapest one I get it or the reviews are good for that one. I get it. But the way that the advertising works now too, and I'm sure Amazon people have noticed it is it's all sponsored ads. You have to scroll quite a way until you find the first actual listing. And so that kind of manipulation of making people pay for that is another issue they have for it. So there's definitely, they're absolutely manipulating the market. How serious you think it is, is, is another matter. And I think there was a lot of goodwill they had with um, the pandemic. You know, one of the few things that actually worked was Amazon. My yes. God, you could order something on Amazon. You were stuck in your apartment or your little house and couldn't go outside, but you could get a package from Amazon. Amazing. But credit where credits do they deserve credit for that and the distribution centers and all of that but still they become a little too powerful and, and it's definitely they're in that monopolistic position there's no question about it you know and i try to buy from other sites and it always ends up you know it's just it's cheaper right. and you notice it's a penny i was looking for something today i had to buy a shaver and um it was a penny difference target was a penny more then and I'm like, come on, that's 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 sev severe manipulation. So, so John, I'm going to send this clip and s because I, it looks like you're volunteering for the Justice Department's uh, prosecution team. <laughs> <laughs> I know you always wanted to be a lawyer. Now here's your opportunity, uh, Stuart. Do you have a, a bit of a more well balanced answer? Are, are, well, are listen, you, are, there is there is always a difficulty and a balance to be struck between how a company becomes successful. Uh, and, wh and whether or not it becomes too successful, that it becomes harmful. There have been charges against Amazon, anti-competitive charges against Amazon for years. I did a couple of, a story a couple of years ago, and I spoke to a number of a number of companies that struck uh, have, have sprung up that are Amazon consultants. And because Amazon has made it so difficult for third-party sellers to put their materials on Amazon and to be price competitive. So for instance, Amazon charges something like a 50% premium to get Amazon fulfillment. And yeah. if you're a third-party supplier, you cannot charge less than, for instance, an Amazon, right. an Amazon product. And the other thing, they've now added a top of the buy button, an additional recommendation box that only pushes Amazon branded products that are priced less than. So if you search one of the videos I saw on this one, if you were searching for for um, uh, Glad garbage bags, you got a little window 
that essentially said no, buy ours, the Amazon branded garbage bags or whatever the Amazon brand for that was for cheaper. And that box is there specifically to push Amazon branded products. So the the whole case against Amazon is that the anti-competitive case is that they are not allowing anybody who comes on the site to charge less than Amazon does for the products that are already part of its ecosystem. Right. Um, and so, and it's not a universal, you know, you're talking about them not getting donations to giving donations to Joe Biden. This is being brought by the FTC and the FTC is being led by Lena Khan, who has been targeting or investigating, however, however politically you want to phrase it, since she was in law school in the mid 20 teens. So she really has studied this company. This is not something she came in and said, oh, look at this. And there's also, it's not only the federal government, the suit is also including 17 state attorneys general. So it's not just the federal government. There are all of these other states that are getting into it also. So Amazon has been a predator retailer, and I use it all the time, but they've been a, a predator retailer for a long time now. Right. And these are all these are all practices that are it's an odd thing for people to understand. These are practices that are fine when you're small or there's there are plenty of competition. But when you suddenly become the one and only big player, then it's a problem. And that's when the pro, you know, your behavior before was OK. And then they say, well, why can't I still do this? Well, because you're the only game in town now. And now that's any no, no, and, and, and I and I concede that the rules kind of change as you get bigger and you you, right. you take more share in the market. And I get that. And we I want to hit the other two topics we've got. But you know, honestly, one could argue, and I think you brought up the, the one of the big pieces of uh, the big defense. I think John, and it's an emotional appeal. Is that hey, by the way, you know, Amazon saved uh, America's bacon during right. the pandemic because we kept the economy going. Now, from a from a legal validity standpoint that probably doesn't really help them from a you know from a um, you know p- pushing back but you know i always the, the question i always ask is okay what's the harm to the consumer you know it, it, has the consumer been harmed and yes i'm sure they'll probably build a case that yeah yeah in some cases the, the consumer has been harmed Stuart, you said something which is very interesting you know i advise companies all the time on they all want to get into they all want to work with amazon they all want to get their products there Amazon is not, is a very expensive um, retailer, uh, online retailer. I mean, the, the plus side, you know, if you 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 make something and you want to sell it, you you know, they're a very good partner that you can get up and running very quickly without you, you know, building a lot of infrastructure. But the cost, especially from a fulfillment standpoint, you know, it's not uh, they're not cheap, you know, from a business model standpoint. But right. with that, let's go to the next topic. You know, and I, I'll have to say that, you know, I've been, I'm going to, I'm writing something on, on the 15 Pro right now. I got mine on day one when they came out last week. I'm shocked at some of these articles because I have not, and I have the Pro Max and I've used it quite a bit. The camera is remarkable. You know, I really, if you're, if the camera is not important to you, I, I wouldn't even argue, I wouldn't even recommend the people to upgrade, but the, 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 the Pro camera capability is incredible. I haven't had a single issue with overheating. Now, having said that, the re- reports are quite wide. The Wall Street Journal wrote a very extensive piece on this uh, the other day. I mean, clearly people are seeing this. Now, I use mine with a case. If I'm not mistaken, some of the articles I uh, that you're seeing these reports, this is when you're holding the, the phone by itself uh, without a case. 
Uh, titanium is not a good conductor of 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 of, uh, of heat, and that's probably <laughs> exacerbating the problems. <laughs> it, makes, it makes the phone um, a bit more durable, but at the same time, you can't hold it. But I haven't had the issue because I'm a case guy. I always have a case on my phone. So, Stuart, what's your thoughts? <clears throat> well, they Apple apparently, according to the reports I've read, haven't quite pinpointed the problem yet, but this is not a new problem for the 15. I have odor heat overheating problems with the 14. Both my wife and I have experienced very warm phones either doing charging. In fact, I've gotten a lot of messages of late that saying um, the phone is overheating. It will resume charging after the phone cools down. Right. Um, so this is, this is, and part of the problem, I believe, and I think that, I don't know that, it, that this has been proven yet, but a lot of it is, the processor and and the heat sink or the heat dissipation space in the phone. They're trying to make these phones as small as possible. And what you're doing is you're shrinking the heat dissipation area. So there's not as much room for the heat to dissipate before it gets to the casing, which is what is heating up. So apparently very high intensive processing is what will is one of the root causes that they think is 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 uh, creating the heat issue and one of the software fixes is to somehow i don't know make the phone dumber but to but to somehow better control the processing they've gone to a new three nanometer processor for the a17 that's, that's, that's exactly right there's a brand new piece of apple and, and and so it's large i don't say untested necessarily maybe untested in the real world over a large scale so they're, they're thinking it may have something to do with the processor, how intensely it's working, and the heat dissipation inside a a more closely packed interior that doesn't allow the heat to dissipate before it gets to the casing. Right, and and the inter the see the interesting thing is, and not to get into the whole you know uh, heat sink issues and all the dynamics that go into a uh, designing a phone. You know, you have very little real estate in those phones, and uh, and I mean, and the uh, thing that's interesting. They will ultimately probably solve this by throttling the processor down via firmware right. or via software. But the downside of that is, if you recall during the announcement, they really pitched the the, the, the Pro as a great gaming platform. Now, gaming games require a lot of CPU intensive work, and if all of a sudden you're you're, you're compromising the pro the performance, and by the way, the Pro models are their performance premium phones. That's why you you're, you're paying that premium for it. You know, it, does, it doesn't really feel good. So, John, your, uh, your your thoughts? This could be, I mean, it could definitely be a, a serious issue for the iPhone 15. I think that um, I'm not an iPhone 15 user. I'm a tester, but I don't use one on a daily basis, although everybody around me does. So I, I see all the problems and the headaches that they have. But you're right, uh, exactly right. If you have to throttle this back, um, that's a serious problem. And it does remind me of, you know, Samsung's battery issues a few yes. years ago. Yeah. Suddenly, yeah. you know, everything's working until it's not. And you're paying premium price for an iPhone is a premium price product, top of the market. And if you have to throttle back performance because you didn't do sufficient testing, that's not a good thing, probably. But I think you're right. I think that's probably the only solution in cases like this. There right. isn't a hardware solution. You have to do what you just described, and then you have to throttle it back. Now, right. maybe you can tweak it for certain situations, but you probably, you know, uh, Stuart won't get those messages about the battery 
charging because it'll just do it and won't tell Stuart it's doing it. It'll right. just throttle it back. That's what it'll happen. Well, and, and what's, before we hit the next topic, what's going what's to be really interesting about this is that there are going to be count, uh, there are going to be test services and and t um, you know very reputable uh, websites like Tom's Hardware and others that will really do a <laughs> colonoscopy on how Apple solves this. And if they do solve it by doing some unnatural things in terms of, you know, dumbing the, the performance down so it doesn't get quite as hot, you know, Apple's reputation is going to take a bit of a hit, you know, frankly. So we'll see if that happens. Let us hit the next topic, our last topic. And, you know, Stuart, I'm going to let you tee off on this because this is an interesting one in that um, there seems there is a um, – uh, what was the name of the uh, the, the that report? It, it's called Which Question Mark, which yeah, is a, which a, a UK publication. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of was. Who the heck is which? But anyway, putting that aside, interesting perspective in that apparently the smart home. We're all you know we have people have 10, 20, 30, 40 smart home devices in their home, and it looks like uh, they're being naughty in terms of revealing too much information to the likes of Google, Amazon, and Meta. That doesn't really terribly surprise me because that's been going on for a long, long period of time. I mean, my question, uh, Stuart, because I'm going to let you kind of tee off again on this uh, at first. How do we stop this? This has been going on forever, you know, and, oh, we respect your privacy. We don't share your data, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And now Listen, we find we know, out. We know how it gets stopped, and that's government regulation. I was installing a pair of, uh, I don't want to say the company name, but a pair of wireless earphones and they started and before i could use the app registering for the app i got asked all of these questions that seemed completely divorced from what i needed to use the headphones for it's like why do you need to know all of this information i just want to use a pair of headphones um, and so this is a pervasive, it's not only smart home, you, you're seeing this in, in the witch report, um, talk about this on smart appliances. Why does the dishwasher or the oven need to know all of this information if all I want to do is cook? Now, and they don't tell you why. They just say, well, we want you to register the product and to know more about you so we can improve the product and all that. But it's like, there's no way to get around it. What if I don't want the product to be updated as much as, it, as I need to be? There is simply no way around it. And it's right. simply getting worse because as obviously, as companies begin to initiate collecting all this data and nobody's doing anything to stop them, then other companies will say, well, if they can do it, why don't we do it? And until the government steps in and says cut it out and lays down some rules of the road this is just going to get worse this is not going to get better and so the report deemed the usual suspect they mentioned bose which took me a little bit by surprise um that that, that these companies are taking the data that they're collecting from consumers and sharing them with these big aggregators such as google well, I mean, you, you, you have to ask the question, is there a business model thing that we're missing here in that we're sharing that information with Google, Amazon, Meta, and whoever, and they're doing the advertising and the, 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 the entity that shared the information is getting paid. I mean, that's, uh, to me, that's an interesting, I, I'm not going to say that's happening, but I just think that that's a distinct possibility. And I, oh, unfortunately, it, I don't think it's, it probably is what's going on. There's all this 
money flowing back and forth between these companies who are selling consumer data to Meta and to Google and whoever else wants them unbeknownst to us. I think it should be made clear, though, that this is all about data. This is not about listening in, which is a whole separate thing for just for smart speakers. But this right. is an entire... Yeah. Uh, using an app with a device and collecting your information and what those companies then do with that information. Right. John, and not telling you. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of it, I mean, there's some interesting things that are done with this data. Um, you know, I, I can take this data and acquire this data and find out how many people over the age of 40 years old are driving their car all by themselves over the Golden Gate Bridge, for example, behind you there, uh, you know, at four o'clock on a Friday afternoon. That data is available and the way you get that data is this aggregated data from the likes of Google and Amazon and Meta and all these other people and third parties. Remember, all these people are not directly Google and Amazon. They're people that are on those like, you know, a Bose or a product like that where the drivers are online. And that's where all this data is being collected. And you right, can right. aggregate it and mash it with all this other data. And then there's the whole de-identification issue. You only need a couple of data points. And I can tell, oh, Mark is the one driving over the bridge at that oh, yeah. time on Friday afternoon. And that's right. where that's that's sort of the issue. When you explain that to people, they're like, well, wait a second. I don't want people to know that I'm the one going, you know, maybe there's some of this data and because it's all obscured and buried, you know, there's no transparency when uh, which asked all these companies, they all said, of course, we tell people what we're doing and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, in a 55 page document, maybe I could figure out what was going on. So, oh, yeah, you know, there's some value there. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of places where, you know, you're asked for your birth date and stuff. I just logged into a program, you know, because we're loading testing things every day something this morning and I had to give my birth date for it. And I thought, why am I doing that? And of course I gave them a fake birth date, but anyway, <laughs> you know, so. You don't look a day over 25. Right, exactly, exactly. I have to be of legal age, so I have to be over 21, but after that, meh. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's, a, it's an issue, but uh, you know, again, people enjoy their data and they like a lot of these services until something really terrible happens won't have more regulation yeah and, and again we're going to be talking about this again this is not the last time we're going to be chatting about this topic but the thing that just i mean every you know we're, we always like to look to government to, to hopefully sort this out and i just think that if it does happen it's going to be years from now i just don't think i know that, and there is some bi bipartisan agreement that something has to be done but what has to be done uh, it's a, it's a, it's absolutely a story you have um two different approaches but Anyway, gents, listen, thanks for uh, taking the time to join me for today's podcast. For, for our viewing and listening audience, thanks for making the Smart, Tech Check, uh, the Smart Tech Check podcast part of your day or commute. Please make sure that you hit the like and subscribe buttons at the end of today's podcast or use these convenient QR screen codes that you see and follow us and connect with us. You can also follow us on, on me, follow me, I should say, on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Mark Vita Tech Guy. And I think I need a cup of coffee. Thanks, guys, and have a great week. Appreciate your uh, calling in. Take care, everyone. Mm -hmm.